Welcome to ASGCA Insights. I'm Mark Whitney. I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast Henry Delosier. Henry is, the, is a partner at GGA Partners, an international consultancy serving investment banking, real estate development, and golf asset ownership and operation. Previously, he served as vice president at Gulf of Pulte Homes from 1999 to 2008, the largest developer of golf course communities in the United States, where he developed 27 new golf courses in 10 states. Henry, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mark. Henry, I asked to speak with you because you have worn a number of hats in the golf industry over the years. So I hope you'll, you can provide some perspective for us and for where golf finds itself today and how we can focus on the future. But I know we can also learn from the past. So I want to start off by asking, is there any comparison that can be made with what the industry is experiencing today to the financial crisis we all went through in 2008 and 2009? There are some similarities uh, from the recessionary cycle, um, and, and several of them that pop into my mind are fear and fear-mongering, um, that the whole idea of rethinking established norms uh, for, for development and operations. And then I'd say the third one is there's a limited um, ability uh, to look beyond current crisis conditions. You know, one of the great responsibilities of innovators like golf course architects is that they can see beyond the obvious. And I, I always think for you, for your members, that's an important thing for everyone to keep in mind. If I, I believe that, uh, that that's a, a key as we have this conversation today. And as we look to the industry as a whole, uh, what are some of the tone of the conversations that you've been having the past several months? Uh, I know right now there are certainly more questions than answers, uh, but what are you hearing and what advice are you giving during a time where so much is unknown? Um, the tone has been nervous and uncertain. Um, many club leaders and golf course owners are unsure how the epidemic is going to impact revenue and it's specifically revenue on which they are focused or should be focused. You know, all of the capable leaders, all the capable owners and managers certainly have been effective at controlling their costs. You know, the old guidance that we always give, you know, control the things that you can control. And the next key point of focus will be on the revenue line um, and generating uh, how they're going to be able to recover from this uh, from this epidemic it sounds like uh, the, some of the things they teach you in school about when you're when you're going through a crisis situation just keep going uh that not a matter of turning back but but continue to press forward and press through the situation is that is that what you're thinking i, I think of uh, winston churchill's advice during the blitz of london uh, you know when you're going through hell keep going uh, and i think that's probably a good thing for all of us to remember these days I'm talking with Henry Delosier. Henry, we're seeing how important uh, adaptability is within the golf industry right now. Uh, we see it on the course and how players are approaching the game from the interaction you have with fellow players to, to even the way that people are paying for a round of golf right now. Do you think adaptability is going to be just as important from a business perspective uh, in, in the months as we coming forward? Without question, and and that means adaptability for all parties, including golf course architects. So, 
how do you see uh, the, a role uh, for the architects within this kind of current reality, especially in relation to the day-to-day -day operations of clubs? As, as folks from across the industry listen to, to our conversation here, when you're talking about things like long-term planning and other projects, if you're running a, a, a golf club uh, today, uh, are you looking to partner and to work more closely with, with architects on this planning process or perhaps uh, even adapting plans that might already be in place? Yes, I think so. And a couple couple points that you raised there. The first is um, the role of the golf course architect in this current circumstance is that of a trusted advisor, a trusted advisor who understands the soul of the club. And I think that that's an important perspective that golf course architects have unique to many other professionals working around clubs. Uh, Golf course architects are creative thinkers uh, who see form where others do not. They're innovators who can bring forward new solutions. That those skills that you've developed through the years at taking raw land and making something so so beautiful of it is is certainly um, a skill that is needed now. I, I suppose if I were an expert at designing golf courses, I would be contacting every one of my past clients to discuss with them cost-effective design and repurposing ideas that would enable them to make their club more successful in the future. And then uh, I guess just a side sidebar observation, you know, um, that if, if you are really looking at it, the key is relevance for members or for regular golfer consumers. So unless you're either tired or have made all the money you want to make, um, the idea of reconnecting with clients and making their courses more relevant to the rank and file of their users is a really important step. This step requires agility on the part of golf course architects. Um, in addition to agility, I, I'd throw in, it requires leadership, it requires purposeful planning, and it requires that architects can be effective communicators with the different stakeholders uh, with whom they're working. From the club owner or club operator perspective, uh, that phrase relevance to the members, I'm guessing this isn't the first time that you have used that phrase. Uh, when, you, when you look at it in that regard, uh, that's really the, 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 uh, the clarion call for all course operators and owners at this time, isn't it? It most certainly is. And, you know, keep in mind that for, especially in private clubs and even more so as it relates to the game, the playing of the game of golf, that is an emotional relationship. You know, most people don't join a club thinking of it as a transactional relationship. It's emotional. That's where their families re recreate. That's where they get together. That's where they meet and keep friends. So their relationship with their club is an emotional one. Just as, as golf is for most people who are avid players, whether they're low handicap or high handicap, um, golf has an emotional tie, which makes golf courses and golf clubs very relevant to members and users of those. Um, no one understands that emotional connection better than the person who designed the course. So being able to go back to your clients and, and give them a refresh and a, and a, a new perspective on what is the emotional value of the course, I think that's a great place uh, 
for golf course designers and architects to make a statement. So one more question along those lines. It, whether you're sitting in the chair of a, a club owner, operator, manager, or a core superintendent, or even a greens committee member, uh, or an architect, uh, the value of having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with members, with actually asking them where the value is, what the relevance is, where that connection, that personal connection that you just talked about, uh, where they feel that that, uh, that personal connection to the facility. Um, it sounds like that that can help to lead sort of where a club goes and what sort of direction and, and updates or changes that they make as they move forward. Um, I think sometimes uh, the professionalism and modesty of most golf course designers gets in the way of them understanding the impact they have on the lives of others. Um, most golfers, most rank and file members of clubs who play golf from time to time would love to have the opportunity to have a direct conversation or uh, a meeting or a relationship with the person who designed that golf course. Uh, you, you know, you guys are rock stars. You guys are communicating to people insights and perceptions that, that the average golfer simply does not have. So being able to connect with members at that at that feet on the ground level, I think enhances the value and the ongoing relationship that golf course architects have with our clients in profound ways. You mentioned earlier that the, the idea of uh, clubs as a whole uh, being able and uh, to address and to uh, be uh, engaged with high handicap players, with low handicap players, with everyone in between. So let me put you on the spot here very briefly, Henry, uh, with all of your background and all of your experience, I'd like to talk about something very important to you. And that's the fact you were an All-American golfer at Oklahoma State. Well, Mark, I'm a bona fide has-been, <laughs> and, and I can prove it. Uh, well, let's uh, but let's uh, reflect back. Give me a give me a highlight from the, uh, the from the Oklahoma State days, and a shout out to, to all the Cowboy fans out there. Uh, you know, when when I played on the golf team at Oklahoma State, I considered myself the luckiest guy around. Um, and I now look at these great young players, Victor. Ricky, and so many others who are coming out of Oklahoma State, and it makes me incredibly proud to have been a part of that long line of, of, of OSU golfers. Um, but uh, it, anything I accomplished as a golfer at Oklahoma State pales in comparison to what these fine young players are doing now. Well, while, was it while you were a, a player at that time and in your early 20s that, that made you think that there's, there's more to simply being a player, but there's more to this, to this industry that I can, that I can make this a living, uh, even if I'm not uh, playing professionally? No, the thought never crossed my mind, to tell you the truth. I, I worked on the theory that uh, I'm such a good player, I'll just go and make a gazillion dollars and live happily ever after. And it wasn't until I realized that there are a lot of fine players and a lot of guys that I consider friends who, who were laboring to break through just as I was. And uh, my backup plan had been that if for any reason I don't end up playing golf, uh, I'll go to law school, get a law degree and, and, and enjoy my golf for the rest of my life. So the, the notion that I would be in, in the business that I'm in and doing the things that I'm doing never occurred to me. Um, and candidly, had I had the privilege of spending the time I've since had 
with golf course designers and architects, um, I would have been a much better player. I would have understood golf courses far more so than I did when I was a good player. My guest has been Henry Delosier of GGA Partners. Henry, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Mark, thank you for inviting me to be with you. That concludes this episode of ASGCA Insights. I'm Mark Whitney. You can always find more information on ASGCA and golf course architecture at asgca.org. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we visit with and learn from golf industry leaders. Until next time, so long.